TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. That's right, it is the Score North Twin Show. Derek Wetmore, Phil Mackey with you. I am in Fort Myers, and Phil is in... And I am not. The frozen tundra. <laughs> it's actually not that bad today. A little sunny. It's like five degrees above zero. Are the sprinklers on there, too? Uh, they are, and they just sort of they just sort of freeze. <laughs> yeah, just, right. Uh, just icicles that come out of the sprinklers here. I'm sorry, I'm above that. I am not Patrick Royce, but I'm sitting in Patrick Royce's chair right now, so it felt appropriate. Uh, a couple things that I want to get into today from Twins Camp with you, Phil, and you decide how much you want to explore any of them. But I've been kicking around the idea of contract extension candidates down here, and so I've got ten names for you. That oh wow! Do they make sense, or or is it? A possible impasse. Like, I think there are going to be some that we might think make sense, and the twins uh, and the player in question just aren't going to come to terms, and that's how these things go. Okay. Um, so I can run ten names by you. I'll have that column posted later today at scorenorth.com, and it's also on the Score North app on the Twins page. And the story I published this morning, Phil, or last night, I guess, for this morning, force plates. Phil, are you familiar with force plates and what they do to make better baseball players? Uh, no, the only time uh, I've ever been involved in force plates is at uh, the buffet across the street from yes. where my dad lives in Arizona. I believe it's uh, a gold in corral and I am forcing multiple plates of food into my stomach. So Very that's, well that's my extent of knowledge here. So I want to talk about it, but it's also one of those things that if if you're not a you know diehard baseball, um, especially a Twins nut, then your eyes might glaze over a little bit. So like I don't want to dwell on it. You tell me if I'm lingering, but I will say. 30,000-foot view, even if you're not interested in the technology and the uh, resources being invested into making the players on the field better and and just generally find better outcomes for those players, even if you're not interested in that, I think it's really fascinating that the Twins continue to push every single offseason to try to learn something new, try to get better, try to not only get ahead of the curve but stay ahead of the curve in baseball Research, player development, player yep. acquisition, and all those kinds of things. And that, to me, is what this force plate story is. So this is, before you explain what force plates are, uh, I think one of the, one of my favorite things about this front office and, and this new regime the last three years, I love the way they try to think of ways to move the margins, so to speak, ways to improve by an extra 1%, an extra 2%. Uh, I, I saw something, I can't remember which Twins beat writer it was, maybe it was you down there earlier today, talking about the Twins experimenting with hydration and the impact of hydration on workouts and players. And so I, I'm all about this stuff. I read a, a great article about seven or eight years ago about the Pete Carroll Seattle Seahawks and how they started monitoring everything from sleep patterns to uh, to player moods to food and drink and everything and how all of those things equate to a player playing at or near his best level or maybe having a decrease in performance on Sundays. And so like I, I think the fact that the Twins are in on this, if they're never going to be one of the big spending teams in baseball, then they've got to win in areas like this in order to keep up. So, yep. so with that, what are force plates? What the hell yes. are they? No, so it's fascinating. And the, the Pete Carroll uh, uh, corollary is really fun too because I think – 
I, I, I just want to give this big picture thing. and You might be with me, you might be against me on this, Phil. I, I think that there is some of this that is, hey, let's be out in front of this, let's figure this out first, or, you know, and some of this we're going to have to keep to ourselves, um, and, and just try to reap that competitive advantage there. But I think sometimes, too, like the Seahawks example, it's like, Sometimes we're just looking for explanations for how great Russell Wilson is. <laughs> and like, this stuff is cool, but you, I, I want to say, like, my big picture philosophy is like, all else equal, I want better players. The better players are going to win more baseball games. But if I can take better players and make them the best version of themselves, that's the sweet spot. That's what I think the twins are trying to hit right now with their player development model. And so force plates, um, for the, Uninitiated, which was me like 72 hours ago. Um, they are both on the mound and in the batter's box. I focused mostly on the batter's box component for, for this story that's on scorenorth.com right now. But long and short of it is, it's this raised, uh, mat basically, or in the pitcher's case, it's a mound. And they just have a bunch of sensors on it that are able to measure the force you're putting into the ground. Right, so you picture you're Jose Barrios, you're standing up there on the rubber, you, you're standing perpendicular to the batter, you lift up your left leg to a 90 degree angle, and then you drop it down to the ground, you follow parallel with the ground, and you push off that back leg with the rub, uh, off of the rubber and deliver a pitch. Well, there's a lot of force going on there, and we can say that, yeah, generally, of course, that arrow is pointed toward home plate, but how efficient was he with his back leg? Did he actually get to a spot where he's able to use his movements efficiently in delivering a pitch? How about his front leg when he plants? What kind of force is that delivering into the ground? And the same is true of hitters. I won't get too wonky with it, but basically the Twins are using these measuring devices to to capture force, put them on graphs, and then Use it as an opportunity to learn. Hey, this is what Josh Donaldson's swing looks like when he's really getting into his lower half and, and he's just sort of exploding to the ball. Uh, one of the most powerful guys in baseball, obviously, so it seems like something you'd try to replicate if you're 19, 20, 21-year-old young hitter just coming up. Hey, is your swing efficient? Are you getting as much power out of this as you can? Um I, I, I do want to say, too, that like that's very cool and futuristic sounding, but a lot of people that I talk to with this story, um, both quoted in the story and not, say, yeah, well, it's it's fun and it's cool and it's great that we're open to learning these things. We're not 100% sure yet how this is going to apply to making someone into the next Josh Donaldson, right? That's that's a fun goal to have, Phil, but I don't think it's realistic with where they're at right now. So consider this an experiment. I still think it's really cool that the Twins, after winning 101 games, are like, no, man, let's experiment. What's next? What's the next frontier? Let's go. Just to zoom back out here, how how would you characterize the Twins' clubhouse culture in terms of buy-in to Rocco Baldelli, buy-in to the front office, the way they interact with each other. I mean, it's probably t- a little tough to tell early on with new faces, and you bring in Kent Maeda and Josh Donaldson, and it's just going to take time for some of these pieces to to mesh together. But how would you characterize the Twins' clubhouse and the vibe and the chemistry and, and the buy-in? They think they're going to be a good team, and I think that helps so much, uh, especially the guys – 
that I covered last year and some of the biggest new names. You know, I'll, well, I'll give you one example. Like, I haven't had a ton of interaction yet with Homer Bailey. So just for what that's worth, but like I have with Josh Donaldson, um, of course I have with Nelson Cruz, Jose Barrios, Jake Odorizzi, like those are really good players from a really good team a year ago, and Josh Donaldson. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I think that knowing that you're going to win or feeling like you're going to win is a pretty good precursor to getting along with other people, especially, Phil, if you think you are a reason why your team is going to be successful. So that's that's what I'd say about like the culture. As for the buy-in, yeah, man, I, I just think it's a sign of the times. I think like if you were a kid coming up through the minor leagues, you had this stuff. Not necessarily force plates, but like TrackMan is not a foreign concept to you. In fact, you probably relish, you know, going to parks and getting TrackMan measurements. Um, sprint speed is not something that people shy away from. So maybe it is a generational thing. But my sense from the Twins Clubhouse just being down here a couple weeks in Fort Myers is not only are they open to learning if the tech can make them better, awesome, I want to learn from it. But also, it's just a very confident group that this is going to be a big season for them. Yeah. So, all right, give me, uh, g- give me the names here. Give me, give me a few of your extension candidates because that's going to be an interesting pool of players for the Twins to navigate here as they try to figure out, all right, Jose Barrios, I'm sure, is on your list. What do you do with a couple of these position players? So let's uh, yeah. let's throw a few out here. I'll, I've got a column queued up for this, and I'm just going to read through it once more um, before I send it off to the copy desk to get published. But let's just go name by name, and you tell me how long you want to spend lingering on the guy because I'll tell you. Um, sources close to the situation indicated that there will not be 10 contract extensions this spring training for the Twins. So you can rest easy on what that. What is the over-under in your mind? If I set well, the if I set the over-under at one and a half. That's the line. That's exactly the line because of what they did last year and because of what they tried to do last year. They approached a couple of guys and it just didn't get done. So, I, man, I guess I'd take the under... But I don't feel good about it. One and a half is exactly where I'd set the line. Okay. All right. One and three quarters, maybe. Throw a couple at me. (laughs) Um, Eddie Rosario. Yay or nay? He is a four plus player. Sorry. It's a nay. I don't, I, I, I think Eddie Rosario has been wonderful for the Twins the last few years, but he's a low on base percentage guy and he's a corner outfielder and, I think you can find guys like that without locking into Eddie Rosario for the next four to five years. And you also have a couple guys who fit that exact profile, if not even better in terms of their potential ability to get on base and be better hitters yep. in uh, in the minor leagues. Kirilov, Larnick, Rooker, like those guys are all corner outfielders. They're all young. They all cost a lot less money. And I'm sure at least one of them will pop between now and the end of 2021. So I would uh, I would not be locking into Eddie Rosario. Agreed, and I think that the Twins, um, and by the way, you should say it from Eddie's side too, he's two years from free agency where if he keeps hitting 30, 35 home runs and if he gets back to, last year I think was a bad year defensively for him, Phil, but previously we had thought of him as a good corner outfielder. If he gets back to playing good defense in left field, puts in a fully healthy season and hits 35 bombas, and he's a year away from free agency, like, okay, you can start to see why this guy's got dollar signs in his eyes at this point. And, and yeah, I, I think it. the closer a guy gets to free agency, the tougher it is to tempt him with one of these deals. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Also, like, 
he's 28 and his speed is is only going to continue to decrease i just you know if you look at I think four or five years ago, he was a much better defensive player than he was last year too. And so, I don't, could could he wind up actually being closer to a cliff than 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 maybe it seems? So I, that's another reason why I would I would be good on Eddie Rosario. Jose Barrios, you doing that one? You know, gun to the head, if I had to make that decision right now, or. Never like, or you have to take him to to free agency, and he goes and signs elsewhere. I would look to lock him up because I still think there's another level to his game. I think he's the type, I think he's the type of guy that is obsessed with finding that next level of his game, sometimes to a fault. And I love what I've been reading about him from afar about some of the changes he has looked to make in the off season. I think he's very much aware of his second half and down the stretch struggles after getting off to great starts. So I. Give me a guy who is obsessed with trying to maximize his potential, like like Jose Barrios. I would I would place a bet on that table. It is tough to know what he's going to look for because, um, so Luis Severino, to last winter. Well, by the way, it was, was shut down with forearm soreness again know, today. Uh, it actually underscores the point I'm about to make perfectly because Luis Severino was seen as a rising star, ace pitcher, future Cy Young winner. He signs for I think it was four and forty. Four years, $40 million with the New York Yankees, and everyone thought, oh, you got that guy for $10 million a year, and he's going to be just one of the best pitchers in the game each year for the next four years? Wow, steal. And then he gets hurt last year, and now, yeah, I just saw on the Twitter machines that he's shut down with forearm tightness that stems from last postseason, Phil. You know what that means. You do not like having guys who have uh, forearm stuff that lingered from the season before because the forearm just moving on up the arm. It's the forearm to the elbow to the shoulder. It's not a good sign for the Yankees and for Seve. So anyways, 4-40, and a more similar player to Jose Barrios contract-wise. This means he's got three years in the big leagues, three more to go before free agency. Uh, Aaron Nola. Signed with the Phillies last spring, and he was coming off kind of an ace year as well for four years, forty-five million dollars. So that's kind of where I peg Barrios. Hey, in that four forty, four forty-five. Carlos Martinez was five and fifty-one. So whatever, ten million a year or so, ten eleven million a year over four or five years. Um, if I'm the Twins, I'm racing to the window to get that deal done, which always means there's another side to the coin. If I'm Barrios. I don't know if I'm tempted to take $40 million and uh, delay my free agency or if I'd just rather hit the market in my late 20s and just be like, all right, I hope it's with the Twins, but if it's not, I am going to strike a big, big payday if I stay healthy and stay on that rise that you're talking about. Here's the other thing that you have to consider with a guy like Barrios. I know he's been in the major leagues for like four seasons, so it feels like he's been around for. He's only 25 years old. Yeah, and there's a lot of guys. If you look at some of the top starting pitchers in all of baseball, the Max Scherzers, the Justin Verlanders, it doesn't hold true in every case, but oftentimes those guys don't really find their peak performance until they're more like 27 or 28. Max Scherzer was a very good starting pitcher for the first four or five years with the Diamondbacks, with the Tigers, and then all of a sudden, and he, and he had been in the big leagues for five years before his first All-Star game, and then all of a sudden, 28 years old, 2013, the light switch flips on, the ace 
light switch, I should say, flips on. 21 and 3, 290 ERA, a bunch of strikeouts. Justin Verlander, kind of a similar case. He was a very good starting pitcher for the first few years. And then all of a sudden, when he's 28 years old, he leads the league in ERA. It takes a full uh, run jump in ERA uh, in the right direction and goes 24 and 5 in 2011. I just. I think sometimes it takes you like a thousand innings as a starting pitcher before you really find that ace level, and I think that's in Jose Barrio. So uh, again, it, it's a it's a bet that I would make even if it felt like an overpay based on his current performance. I'd be betting on an uptick. Jake, excuse me, Jake oh, Odorizzi really choked up right there. Yeah, I'm really like just yearning for the days that he becomes that Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole ace. I can't <laughs> hardly get over myself. Uh, Jake, Jake Odorizzi to me, and I know a cheap plug. You had a great sit down with him. A couple episodes ago on this very Score North Twin show that people can check out. But Jake Odorizzi, to me, is a guy that I probably just go year to year with. You know, I, I think, I mean, if I could get him on a two-year extension or something after this year, but he's going to be 30 years old at the start of the season. And um, I, he's never been a huge innings-eating horse starting pitcher. He's more of a five-six inning guy. In fact, the only time he ever threw more than 169 innings in a season was 2016 with Tampa, 187. Uh, so I'm not I'm not getting I'm not getting the extra 20, 30, 40 innings that I would be getting with a Barrios or the extra 80, 90 innings that I would be getting with some of the true ace pitchers. So I think if if you looked to extend Jake Odorizzi, you would have to be through the, the lens of like a number three, number four starter caliber. And I don't know if he would agree to that. He'd probably want to test the market. Maybe so. Um, so one and 17.8 million is what he's on, and then he's going to be a free agent unless they uh, sit down this spring and work something out. I'd be tempted to do this one. I think, as I look at the landscape of what people think of Twins pitchers, I think the gap is the biggest um, outside perception versus my perception on Odorizzi. I mean, it's. I think it's big on Hill. I think it's big on Maeda, but I've seen some people that are that are pretty big Maeda fans, so the the crowd might actually be a little more balanced and see him as a quality starting pitcher who's going to start a playoff game for the Twins. Um, but Jake Odorizzi, to me, has unlocked a new level of his game, and uh, I'm not just saying that because of the sit-down, but the sit-down really was impressive, like him talking about how self-aware he was two off-seasons ago, and it just wasn't going for him, and injuries played a part of that, of course, but he owned it, and it, it his career wasn't going in the direction he wanted, so he grabbed it by the reins and has pulled it into the right direction, made his first all-star team last year. If he pitches anywhere near like he did in 2019 again this year, uh, he's another all-star this season. Um, all of which is to say, I'd still want to have it at like a good price. I'm not giving him Zach Wheeler money if I'm the Twins, because I just think that hamstrings you too much, unless he's going to go be you know, your, your force at the top of the rotation. Um, but I mean, look, if they wanted to tack a couple more years onto the, the one year qualifying offer and go four and 65, four and 70, something in that range, I, I'd be interested in that if I was the twins. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it cripples you, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I just get a little nervous with guys who throw 150 innings versus 200 innings. I mean, sure. you're, I mean, there's relievers that throw 100 innings now, and so what do you? You got to make sure you know what you're paying for. <laughs> Volume of of performance matters to me. Relievers in quotation marks, but I, I get what you're saying. I mean, the volume definitely does matter. Yeah, if if in the NBA, I mean, this was the Nikola Pekovic thing with the Timberwolves. I remember uh, there was reports that when Flip Saunders was running the franchise about five years ago, and Pekovic's people came to Flip and said, "Hey, we want a max contract," and he goes, "Well." Uh, awesome. 
we agree, you're a max caliber player when you're on the court, but you're only on the court for like 50 games, and so uh, we'll divide 50 by 82 and give you that percentage of a max contract. <laughs> yes, so uh, confirmed. I had heard that too. That's pretty good. I don't know that you do that for Odorizzi, and he's still smiling sitting at the negotiating table. But uh, a couple more fun ones for you, and I know we got to bounce off here. Um, but just to think about, Nelson Cruz would be all kinds of interesting. See, that one, I, I love that one because your first instinct is to say, ah, let's just, the guy's 40 years old, let's just go year to year here. But I really feel like we've reached a point in sports where we have to start to reassess what a, what, what a guy's peak might look like. And I, I, I think with, with how educated athletes are, when it comes to peak performance and nutrition and some of the things that rich athletes can do to extend their careers and get more rest, I think anything that we would have gathered data-wise from the 70s, 80s, and 90s in terms of where a player's peak performance is, is going to be different than what it might look like 2010 through 2040. Uh, so it, it's not that surprising that you see 40-year-old guys. Tom Brady is 43 and looks like he's 28. Like, if you put a picture of me and Tom Brady next to each other and said, all right, yeah, which one of these is in his – well, I was going to say, which one of these guys is 43 and 34? I said, which one of these guys is 34 and 70? Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's it's an amazing contrast. And so Nelson Cruz, to me, is, is sort of in that fountain of youth category that – he may be hitting bombs until he's 43 years old. It, yes. it wouldn't shock me. Yes, and I want to add to this because uh, that is that was my temptation too, Phil, to be like zigging when other people are saying, ah, it doesn't make sense to extend a 40-year-old player. Oh, does it? Aging curves, it might be different now. We don't know. Like, rest and recovery, baby. It's the nap room. And then I thought of all of the uh, Twins legends that are in camp this Spring, um, and I'm not talking Rod Carew, Tony Oliva, Burt Blylevin, but guys like Joe Mauer is going to be here later. Justin Morneau, I heard, is coming next week. Michael Kadire is here now. Johan Santana, and you think, wow, ah, yeah, that was a that was a fun but bygone era of Twins teams, right? I mean, that's how, that's what my memory is. Um, I assume that's the same for you. Joe Mauer, 36 years old. Justin Morneau, 38. Michael Kadire and Johan are 40. Yeah. Credit to Nelson that he's doing all this, That's but amazing. I think it's interesting uh, if the Twins would be willing to make that bet on a guy who is <laughs> like in the same age as these guys who we think of being done playing forever. Yeah, I think that's the way you just characterize that is amazing. The fact that you've got guys in the Twins Hall of Fame that are younger than Nelson Cruz. Like, what? <laughs> it's crazy. I we won't spend any time on these ones, but I, I'll include them for the column so people can go check it out on Score North if they want to. Mitch Garver, Taylor Rogers, Tyler Duffy. Um, sorry, future best reliever in baseball, Tyler Duffy, Trevor May, and. Byron Buxton? Byron, putting... Byron Buxton, man. Honestly, if you could buy low on him on like a four or five year contract and, re- and really thought that he could play 120 plus games, you could get a, a, a very much discounted great player. Uh, but it's a gamble. Obviously, it's a gamble. And you gotta make sure that I don't know where this relationship stands. I haven't talked to the sides in a while about it, but that the, the relationship between the twins and Buxton is repaired from where it was at the end of the 2008 season uh, when they when they shut yeah. him down at the end of the year and he had to miss a whole bunch of stuff in September with his friends and teammates and uh, that that was I I know that was not 
a comfortable place. That would that didn't sit too well with the Buxton camp. Well, hopefully, I I, I mean I I get it from his side, but at the same Fences time, men. dude, like you know. Sometimes you can't control your health, but I think the twins the twins didn't necessarily owe him anything, and I, I would think that you could probably uh, mend those bridges here. Yep, fences so. mend over time. Time does heal most wounds, Phil. Most wounds. Most wounds. I was going to put, just for the clickbaity part of it, Royce Lewis. <laughs> Did you do that right now? Wow. You've seen it around baseball. It would make him a pretty valuable. He's already a valuable player to trade. It might make him even more valuable <laughs> if he was under an eight-year contract like Evan Longoria. Yes, yes. But <laughs> a lot of those guys that are signing those deals now are ready to pop. They're ready to join the big league club, and they'll just do it out of opening day. Um, I, I don't see it happening. So I resisted the temptation to clickbait my way into it a few more uh, downloads and stuff to put Royce in this column. But that's, we're not too far away from having that as a fun conversation on the Score North Twin Show. Um, give a couple cheap plugs here because you're down in Fort Myers for a couple more days and uh, people can find all kinds of great stuff on scorenorth.com from you, the Score North Twin Show, which we're going to have more announcements about in the near future. Yeah, dude, check out the force plate story. That's on Score North, especially if you're into like the how and the why. Um, cause that was, that was a pretty fun piece to report, if I'm being honest. And also, my sit down with Jake Odorizzi is probably the best thing that I've done down here. And it was on like day one. So I feel like I've just been going downhill ever since and whatever. That's too bad, but we live our lives. Uh, listen to that. If you have not heard it already, it was just so fun to hear Jake's perspective on these things. Um, couple more episodes of the Score North Twin Show are in the can, but I will keep that under my hat for now because I want the surprise value, um, but some fun ones. If you're a Twins fan and you like uh, good players on the Twins roster, uh, there are a few episodes coming that I think you're going to like, so keep it locked on this feed. Um, but Phil, too, on a personal note, thank you for all your support uh, while I've been down here. It's been much fun just crushing Twins content and you uh, you dealing with just about everything else back at the ranch and, and jumping on once a week to talk. So thanks so much for your contributions, too, man. I'm mostly just uh, piling up that work and going to slide it back to you in a few yep, days here. But right. enjoy it's, the rest of your time, Sunny Fort Myers. It's, it's sitting in your mailbox, bud. Uh, for Phil Mackey, I'm Derek Wetmore. Thank you so much for your support on the Twin Show listeners. Uh, we really appreciate it. And if you do enjoy the show, give us a five-star review. But... If you don't want to do that because not everybody likes reviewing it, please share it with a friend. We've seen some pretty great growth over the last six, seven, eight months of the Twin Show, and I attribute that directly to you sharing it with your friends, coworkers, family members, whatever, whoever you go to Twins games with. So that's it for this episode from sunny Fort Myers, Florida, and from sunny Minneapolis, St. Paul. Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore saying, talk to you next time on the Twin Show. Planning to buy a new boat this year? Glenn Perkins here from my friends at Nelson Marine. The Nelson Marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros. Two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business. London Crestliner Fishing Boats, South Bay Pontoons, powered by Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, and Evinrude. Nelson Marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years. Visit their showroom on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake online at nelsonmarine.biz. Hey, Scornorth listeners, it's Phil Mackey here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which is here to give business owners that peace of mind that you need when you've built a company with your blood, your sweat, your tears, maybe not your blood, but whatever. Like, you built a company, and you want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover, if needed, recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Federated has a century of experience in helping business owners. You can find out more about the industries Federated protects 
at their website, federatedinsurance.com. And remember, Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.